Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the W. T F1 podcast. It's 2021 mid-season review time. I had my eyes closed because I was so passionate about that intro, Tommy and Katie. I didn't see if you even waved. I'm assuming you did. Perfectly because... in sync. Oh, yeah, amazing. Always. Amazing. So we're going to go through favourite moments. Of course, Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder, and Katie Fairman, the WTF1 editor. Oh, a little, little rainbow wave there as well <laughs> for audio listeners that didn't see that. Um, yeah, we thought we'd just catch up, didn't we? Just have a little uh, chin wag about the season so far, which, uh, well, pretty much the only news really is just recapping what we've seen. There hasn't really been anything else of, of interest coming out in the, the last few weeks, although MotoGP appears to be popping off in terms of the drama, uh, Netflix Drive to Survive sort of uh, realms of amazing news. Well, I say amazing, not amazing at all, but um, yeah, yeah, sabotage. Spicy, like but this. not... So, yeah. Yeah. But don't worry, we're not going to be talking about MotoGP for all you guys that are like four wheels and four wheels only. We're going to be talking about mid-season review. Katie, hiya. How are you? Yeah, I, I, I'm good. I, you looked very shocked that I, I, I you know, I, I kind of introduced it, introduced it, introduced Tommy. I thought, you know, I'll throw something to you, Katie. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm enjoying the summer break, except I can't believe it's only going to be like a few weeks until we're back racing again. But I am also keen to get back racing because the season has been so good that this feels like the longest summer break ever. But it's not. It's not. No, <laughs> it's not. be the shortest yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, right. So let's uh, dive straight into this then, shall we? The uh, mid-season review. We've got space. We've got some. Uh, we asked for your favourite moments on social media, uh, and lots of people just kind of picked their own favourite moment. It's been a great season, so we have got quite a few moments to go through. That's we'll discuss lot. it. We'll kind of. We'll maybe rate it. Should we rate it out of ten? Just as a kind of a how good of a moment it is. Just to kind of. We it, could do it, an A B C D F one of the moments. <laughs> yeah, but then not. Let's not do letters because. We know how much people, uh, how many people are triggered from ABCDF1. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's start with the first first moment from Team WTF1 Discord. Olivia says, "My favourite moment is probably the race in Bahrain. It's not the best moment of the season by a long shot, but knowing that we were in, we were getting a proper battle between the two best drivers got me more excited for this season than usual." Interesting that we said favourite moments, and then she said it's not the best moment of the season. So I'm not, not sure best, how. Not best, but favourite. I think best and favourite are different. Okay. Uh, well, it depends how you measure it, doesn't it, really? But we won't get into that. That'll be a podcast in itself. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so, of course, Bahrain, opening race of the season. We don't really know what to expect. And then we have Hamilton and Verstappen going absolutely hammer and tongs, didn't we? We, of course, had that that big moment where we saw yeah, a lot of... That's where Twitter just started to really rev up, didn't it? You know, that's where all the arguments just started to kind of really turn in motion was, of course, when Verstappen went round the outside of Hamilton at turn number, is it three? One, two, is it four? Technically four, maybe. Uh, either or, the, the right-hander, the, the heartbreaking right-hander. He went, he extended, of course, and and uh, then was told to give the position back and Hamilton ended up winning on older tyres. And it was a great start to the season, wasn't it? I, I enjoyed it. Definitely it wasn't the best moment in my opinion as well, but it, it set us up nicely. 
It did. It was a very exciting first race because normally for the first race of the season, you know, we race in Melbourne and I do like the Melbourne track. I know it's not everybody's favourite, but, um, you know, there's lots of hype, lots of anticipation, but the actual racing itself is never normally, you know, it's never normally the best race of the season. Um, but we came into the first race, we'd done pre-season at the same track so lots of people were thinking oh god you know the teams have got all this data it's going to be a snooze fest all this kind of thing um but mercedes had appeared to struggle in pre-season testing and i mean we talked about it a ton on the podcast about you know is this going to be the year that mercedes struggle um and then max verstappen went and put his car on pole for the race and you know we were all very excited especially tommy <laughs> and uh yeah then the race itself was brilliant like it is not necessarily the race of the season but in terms of the the content that it had it was surprising because we looked like guys we've actually got a battle on our hands and that's not something we've seen in f1 for quite a long time <laughs> yeah exactly i can't believe that obviously i've been watching f1 for many 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 years but there's going to be so many people that are watching formula one now that maybe have just been watching in the last few seasons and they don't know what a title fight is or how it's been um, i will just say that i've got a sore throat i was gonna say you were, you I, I was thinking i was like a... i'm not gonna mention this and then i was like no i definitely need to mention this because people would be like what is up with your voice don't worry, yeah, i was gonna even lower you were, than you were headlining a rock concert yesterday so yeah you were, you were exactly. the main vocalist yeah screaming my screamo band. Do you want to explain um, the actual reason for your sore throat? But it's it... not actually that. I genuinely don't think it is that. Okay, but well, we were, I think we were it shouting is. on the Team WTF1 chat and I did like an inward singing kind of inward voice and uh, it really hurt my throat. <laughs> we but essentially I did, not did a Team WTF1 quiz, didn't we? And we yeah. were trying to mix it up because we were all asking a question each for the people that were watching. And for some reason, you decided <laughs> to inhale and talk at the same time. <laughs> Which was, I mean, it Regrets. was hilarious. I regret it. Um, but then after that, you're, you're, I think you've almost swallowed your Adam's apple or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, no, but either or, you're, uh, you're talking, but just in a sort of two or three notes lower. Anyway, yeah, so just, just to cover that off. Um, yeah, a lot of people have joined and they've never seen a title fight, fight or battle because it's just been, you get to the season, Lewis Hamilton wins the championship, Mercedes win the constructors, and you just kind of, pick and choose some other battles to enjoy this was the season where we thought we might actually get one and then for the first race to be as good of a battle as it was you know arguably one of the best season openers ever that I've certainly ever watched and getting a title like a yeah like the two title challengers which was clear from the start that this was going to be those two going for the title and it went down to the wire. It's pretty rare that you see Formula One races go down to the very kind of final few laps where you still don't know who's going to win. Yet, apparently not in 2021 because it's been absolutely amazing. We've had about six of them. We've been spoilt rotten, haven't <laughs> yes. we? Yes. Uh, and unfortunately now our expectations are going through the roof <laughs> and F1 cannot continue this uh, as, as much as... I other think other it says do. a lot actually about the race in Bahrain, I was going, oh, it probably wasn't the best race of the year. And I think any other season, it probably would be. Yeah, definitely be like a top three. 100%. Yeah. Um, so uh, for fear of actually just debating our scores, maybe we don't, do we, do we, do we rate it? Do we rate? I can't, I can't think how I okay, grade it. Enough, yeah, it would I mean, change all this. You, you'll take ages. <laughs> yeah. You'll take ages. Um, okay. So that was Bahrain. Great season opener. Set us up beautifully. 
Uh, next one comes in from at Mera Axon One. I have to say that while I haven't seen anyone mention it, Imola has easily been my favourite race of the year. Maybe I'm biased because I'm a Lando fan. I mean, that's quite clear, isn't it? But it was just pure excitement and pure racing all around. Of course, Imola was a wet race, wasn't it? And uh, we had uh, quite a few big Netflix-worthy moments. Of course, Bottas and Russell crashing, which uh, had an amazing bit of aftermath there with uh, how they were reacting. Of course, they were both fine after the accident but because uh, it was a big one um mm. but uh yeah we had the whole drama around that of course we had hamilton and verstappen probably coming together for the first time where hamilton bounced over the the the, the i guess sausage curbs at the first chicane on lap one and had that damage as well but yeah imola was a very good race I'm, I'm still very much set that imola isn't a good track for modern f1 cars it's a very much a, a monaco because how narrow it is um but yeah uh, throw rain into any track and it's usually a banger we've maybe had one or two because it doesn't always guarantee a great race wet weather because sometimes they just, just stretch out wet. you can't and, do anything yeah, <laughs> and they have no drs either so it's it almost makes overtaking harder it's in some in some places but most of the time uh, wet weather does throw in a bit of chaos and, and imola was was certainly one of those wasn't it and of, of course we even forgot that verstappen was about probably half a degree half a degree more in his mistake at the end of the safety car and he's round and not leading at the end of uh, that safety car yeah. period which uh, I think yeah. we all kind and of Hamilton forgot a bit. and Hamilton well, went was... off and yeah. probably of extremely lucky that the red flag came out because that would have been 18 mm-hmm. points that he lost but then he managed to restart the whole drama about him getting the the lap back which any um rule right or wrong that goes in Hamilton's favor everyone doesn't like it um, and needs changing and all that. Um, but yeah, he managed to come back through the field and still somehow finish second. But I, th- I think those tracks like Imola, yeah, they're, they're so not suited for modern Formula One cars. I mean, there's not many. They, they seem to be getting less and less. The quicker these cars get, thankfully, next year they're changing and getting a bit smaller and hopefully be able to overtake more. Um, but because it was a difficult track, I think that made the chaos more. I mean, how many times do you see Lewis Hamilton make mistakes um, in the last few years before that incident? Not many. Um, for him to go off in the wet as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the, the Bottas-Russell crash, again, like you mentioned, Netflix, it if you had to pick two drivers other than I guess Verstappen and Hamilton because it's the you know it's the the guy wanting the seat and Bottas shouldn't have been that far low down and Russell shouldn't really have been that high up because he's in a Williams and how are they even battling on track and then they've crashed and Russell's not dealt with it very well and yeah the drama of I mean this is just two races already into the season (laughs) it's just been enough for a whole Netflix drive to survive season it was so good (laughs) I really am not jealous of the Netflix team of having to condense this season to eight episodes this podcast is not sponsored by Netflix drive to survive it's not it's not also mentioned (laughs) (laughs) but 
I'm mega excited to see all the kind of spice that they've got from behind the scenes that maybe us fans haven't been able to see. But yeah, that was... Although I knowing Netflix, the time, knowing Netflix yeah, just, it would just be like it. a <laughs> Joe Venazzi special uh, for <laughs> Bahrain and you don't see any of the, the actual action. It'll just be the Alonso spinning with like the guys in the background that like oh, office worthy clip. The best bit of camera work I've ever seen in Formula <laughs> 1. Oh, that, that really tickles me. That was amazing. But yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I remember when we did the podcast and that podcast seemed to go on for absolutely ages because there were so many talking points from Imola. I agree in the sense that modern F1 cars aren't particularly suited to their, I mean, we had the race there in 2020 and it wasn't anything special. It was more the fact that we were racing back at Imola that was sort of the main um, appealing factor of that. But this year I found that I really liked it because it, punished mistakes and there were a lot of them you know whether that's Checo and his um really bizarre idea to like overtake cars that he'd like he'd gone off wide hadn't he and then tried to make up the positions or something and um we saw the early lap um collision with Latifi and Mazepin I think it was and yeah there were just so many elements to that race that um I really enjoyed and I thought it made for a brilliant brilliant Grand Prix whether it would have been quite as chaotic had it not rained once again that's one of those things that no, we'll I can never... guarantee we can yeah. guarantee it was probably yeah, chaotic <laughs> with, uh, with dry uh, dry conditions but it was um, still yeah a great great race and like you say having Hamilton make such a rare mistake and um yes he was lucky um and you know it's like Tommy said people often use the phrase lucky when Hamilton has an issue and he manages to fight his way back and in that case I would say that's a fair thing to say but there's plenty of times where Hamilton um has not been lucky and actually got to where he is through his pace and his skill and stuff like that but that was one occasion where um yeah his teammates misfortune in causing this red flag or helping cause the red flag not necessarily putting Bottas at blame um meant that he was still able to finish second which <laughs> many conspiracy mental. theorists dream this yeah. year hasn't it for it incidents been. that keep happening uh between yeah certain mm. teams and drivers and stuff like if yeah if you're a conspiracy theorist you'd this would be the season to pick <laughs> yeah <laughs> certainly and i still think it was russell's fault entirely that uh, yeah that crash. yeah same um, okay um oh, oh that's an, that's an no. a little bit don't drive on the grass, George. Um, right. So anyway, uh, that's pretty much Imola uh, spoken about. Yeah, I, I, I still think if we get a dry race, maybe in the future, it'll still. Well, but then who knows? Because Imola might, if it comes might back never again, have it. Yeah. If, if, if it might, if it comes back again, might be good for 2022 cars. Who knows? Because I'll be able to follow closer. It's all subjective. Right. Next up, let's talk about at Nina underscore KTGNs. Uh, submission which is Carlando podium which is talking about Monaco so we can move on swiftly from that uh Tommy you want to say anything about Monaco or uh, I hate Monaco <laughs> <laughs> sure. this of was course. a very popular was, uh... one um I mean it's not for the it's not for the racing action is it it's the the result it was the first kind of wholesome podium of the year because I think we'd had a lot of handbot verse until then we had and then Bottas of course got stuck in the pits uh, and had the longest pit stop ever uh, because the wheel literally couldn't come off the car because they um, they basically just shaved off the actual like nut bolts, yeah. I guess, didn't they? So they couldn't actually get the tire off, which is uh, 
and the funny thing was they actually blamed Bottas slightly for it as well, didn't they? They said the Bottas didn't stop on his didn't stop in his box enough or something. There is no like, chance if Hamilton does that that they're blaming Hamilton. So uh, maybe there was a few tensions in the team already at Monaco. Uh, but yeah, of course, that that issue meant that it was a, a Carlos Lando podium. Um, but certainly not my favourite moment of the season or best race of the season because it's Monaco. Uh, but, you know, it was quite quite wholesome to see Carlos and Lando. And, you know, it's quite interesting how some people choose a favourite moment because of just literally that, uh, you know, a result. And some people are choosing it over the racing and the 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 action we see on track so we'll see a variety of that as we go through the rest of the list anything to add on monaco i really loved serena williams post-race interview i thought that was the best thing of the season so far i hope you're, is... being, you're being sarcastic yeah oh god yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the thing is <laughs> sorry i, I trig- forget that the sarcasm thing no, doesn't did, translate well <laughs> yeah even and i'm one of the most sarcastic people going and i was like are you being serious katie or uh i i remember actually insulting the entirety of tennis twitter uh when oh, i said that uh, i'm really glad that serena williams is being interviewed why is she being interviewed you know no i said i'm really glad serena finished p1 today why is she being interviewed please because it was a very odd time to it be was, interviewed i don't mind her being interviewed but no, she's when, an amazing woman amazing sports person but I don't yeah want to it know, was I, weird and serena's like sorry who are you oh you max max was tapping that's great you know it was it was a very strange um strange little time to to be interviewed but uh nonetheless uh, Serena is the goat of women's tennis. Yes, mm. I know that. I'm aware. Thank you, every, every tennis Twitter. Please leave me alone. Uh, were you about to say Mercedes and I was going to say Mercedes as well. Quickly, in general, had an absolute stinker that weekend. Obviously, with Bottas and his dodgy pit stop, which I think ended up being like 43 hours long until they actually managed to remove the wheel, which is probably a record somewhere. <laughs> um, but also Hamilton really struggled with pace all that weekend. Um, the strategy um, as well was poor. Yeah, it was from Mercedes. Yeah, but he had no pace either. Them. I think that's you know he said, and it shows how competitive it is between Max and uh, Lewis this season. That just minutes earlier we're like, oh, it's very rare that Hamilton makes a mistake, and this is another example where can't think of many races again in the last five years where Hamilton has just been pretty dreadful on pace and just absolutely nowhere near Bottas such a weird race to see Hamilton just finishing seventh and it not be a technical problem yeah he had a strategy and he dropped down a couple of places I think but he just wasn't anywhere near Bottas that whole weekend so that was the first race where you were kind of like all right this is this is uh you know because Hamilton had just come off the back of Portimao and Spain won them both and you think oh this this struggling Mercedes has won three of the first four races and then Hamilton finishes seventh and you're like okay this this Mm. actually we could actually have a title fight now let's also also not forget Charles Leclerc literally getting pole position and then binning it and not being able to start the race but I don't want to reflect on that at all uh, and the t- and the tv director missing the only bit of action through yeah, oh, yeah. stroll, replay. <laughs> stroll replay which is now haunting for everybody that is uh, probably the most iconic moment of the year i think <laughs> not the favorite but definitely iconic yeah um, so yeah so of course yeah charlotte claire getting um or crashing which then stopped carlos from getting higher up the field and potentially could have won the race had he uh been where charles managed maybe it was a ferrari lockout who knows but yeah. uh yeah, it was a costly mistake for, for Charles, who, who couldn't start the race. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode, Beer 52. 
As a listener of the WTF1 podcast, you can get a case of craft beer from the USA on us. Sounds good, right? All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and cover the £5.95 postage and they'll deliver eight delicious craft beers to your door. Simple, but you have to be over 18, remember? Beer 52's experts are on a mission to find the very best beer anywhere on the planet. Each month, they visit a different place and carefully curate a case to be sent to their lucky members. Expect top US pale ales, hoppy IPAs and a cast of superb lagers, stouts and more. But don't worry, if you don't like dark beer, you can simply choose the light option. Your case will also include the award-winning beer magazine Ferment, as well as two tasty snacks to wash down with the beer. There's no minimum commitment. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 to claim your free case now. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1. But remember, you have to be over 18. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Team WTF1 Discord from M. Zeit. Vettel being happy again. Doing things he loves outside of racing and performing well in the car. Why are you laughing? It's just awesome, like Vettel it? being happy again. I just thought yeah. it was quite a nice way of wording it. Just that he's apparently been miserable for like the last few years and now he's finally found happiness again. It's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget that he did have a pretty shocking start to the season and everyone thought, oh, including mm-hmm. myself, that uh, this would be a continuation uh, of Vettel's sort of slump in form. But uh, he certainly had some great races this season and shown that he's still got it and is able to you know, extract the most out of the car. Not all, not all the time. Sometimes he is still very much, you know, mediocre in comparison to Stroll, but there have been moments of brilliance from Vettel. You can't deny that, you know, Baku, of course, hungry until he got disqualified, unfortunately, for the uh, lack of fuel sample that they weren't able to, to provide the FIA. But generally speaking, of course, Vettel with lots of wholesome moments this year, turning up to a proposal, picking up rubbish, which I guess is a bit weird that Sebastian Vettel was the one that had to go and pick up all of the British fans rubbish, which was not great to see that people were just taking the mickey a little bit with that. Um, but yeah, just Vettel just getting involved. You know, he was, what was he building a shelter as well? Um, Bee museum. Yeah. Bee museum. <laughs> Bee, Bee museum. Bee hotel. That was it. <laughs> museum. museum. <laughs> um, yeah. Because Monaco was kind of the, the turning point in Vettel's season because it did kind of feel... I mean, after Bahrain, when he picked up all those penalty points and he had that terrible year, we were like, well, it's only been one race and desperately trying not to say, is this Vettel finished? Is is it really that bad? Is it just, this is never, we're never going to see the old Vettel again. And Monaco is brilliant. Azerbaijani was brilliant. And then Hungary as well. Drove a great race, but unfortunately disqualified, which is now actually stuck. I'm sure everyone's seen it by now, but they're not appealing that again so he's not getting that p2 back but it is crazy to think that fell could have had two p2s um this season in that car which is probably one of the biggest surprises is how bad aston martin have been when that racing point was so good exactly yeah like in the first four races seb had two p15 results and then two p13 results before he then had his breakthrough race in Monaco. Um, But like you say, it's just been lovely to see Vettel doing Vettel things that we 
come to expect from him and has obviously disappeared a little bit um, during his final few years at Ferrari. Um, but yeah, I think he needed that. As, as heartbreaking as it is probably for Vettel to have been so like publicly dropped by Ferrari and that can't have been uh, an easy pill to swallow. Um, joining Aston Martin, I think is probably going to be one of the best things he's done in his career, even if just for like a fresh start and that kind of thing. And like you say, it, we've had moments like high moments and low moments for Aston Martin this year. Um, but hopefully with Vettel sort of leading the team, he's obviously massively experienced a four-time world champion. Um, they'll just continue to improve and improve. And I'm hoping he'll get another podium result this year. So we don't have to just reflect on the fact that he got disqualified in Hungary because that is we have the pictures and we, we were able to see the podium but then of course to be disqualified after the race means that those valuable points and all that kind of stuff has been snatched away. I'm thinking actually now now on reflection of course Tommy did predict that Vettel was going to win Hungary so is I this the jinx, ultimate yeah. jinx because you literally disqualified <gasps> oh him. my no, god Tommy I think, no, I think have, that is I think if he'd have won and he'd been disqualified no, I, I, you know, look, been... it was a bit of a stretch P1 but I still feel like you know you've you've done it again like you've ge- you've genuinely done it again. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I if he had my... one and been disqualified, that would be your career over. To be honest, mate. But, yeah, uh... definitely. I would have been hated forever, wouldn't I? <laughs> Even more. <laughs> Even more Even than more? Uh, than I do now. Uh, yes. So obviously, let's hope that Vettel can continue his uh, run of form into or well, after the summer break. I'm pretty sure my uh, next prediction for Spa is that he gets out qualified by Stroll. <laughs> Your favorite that's prediction. Just, that's no, just my go-to. Really? That's just my go-to thing when I can't think of anything else. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, right, let's go to Mega VS versus Primus. Sorry, Mega versus Primus. The last two laps of Baku. No one could have predicted that podium. Of course, we are now going to be speaking about Vettel again a little bit. But generally speaking, of course, we had that massive monster crash uh, of Max Verstappen with that blowout. Of course, Stroll as well earlier on in the race. Uh, but the Max one caused the red flag. And then it was just decided, you know what? Let's have a sprint race to the finish. Let's not end the race. Nothing like that. Michael Massey was like, we're going to have a, an F1 2021 sprint lobby at the end of, uh, of, a, of a long, potentially not that great Azerbaijan Grand Prix. And uh, of course, then a few of the drivers, Vettel included in that, uh, was able to whack on some fresh softs and try and we were thinking, oh my God, is Vettel going to win? Like genuinely, there was a, a good chance that that could have happened. Um, but yeah, it was uh, again just another sort of chapter in this very wacky series of F1 2021 where, you know, oh, why not? Why not have a two lap sprint race at the end? Let's just stick that one in there as well. But that, it was uh, once we actually cleared up all the debris and there was a long old wait to mm-hmm. find out what was going to happen. When it did happen, it was uh, it was good fun, especially seeing Alonso as well, just sending it on those soft tires. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good moment. I was one of those people that after the red flag came out and after Max's crash, I was like, just end it here. Like, I don't want a sprint race. I just want this to be done and dusted. Um, and then when it was announced that we were doing the sprint race, I was thinking, oh my God, this is going to be so gimmicky. Like nothing's going to happen in these two laps. Um, and I wasn't for it. And then it happened and I was oh, like, yeah. oh I my forgot, God, this was absolutely ridiculous. Literally forgot to mention that Hamilton and his breaks into turn one. Yeah. I, just, I forgot yeah. that even happened. I, I think... mean, that's not the reason why I loved it, but <laughs> it, it helped because it's just added Ma- to the championship uh, Tommy did. drama. 
I bet yeah. Tommy was apps. I bet you gave it a proper fist pump when uh, when Lewis went wide. No, come on. I, I, I definitely jumped up off my sofa. Yeah, <laughs> I mean to be fair, because because people people are like read a lot into it, and I know I know like someone like uh, I think it was like Billy Monger was. There was a clip, wasn't there, when that Mark Webber scream that everyone <laughs> thought was hilarious. Um, but Billy Munger like got up and cheered when Hamilton went off, and it's like it's not because you don't support Hamilton. It's mm. like you, we love Formula One, and like it's a big drama, yeah. and it's a massive moment. And Hamilton going off, um, you know, I think ninety-five percent of people that when they said they were going to do the restart, they were like, "Well, Hamilton's going to get Perez and win the mm. race now after all this," and we thought that was going to happen because he you know, got this amazing start and then him just, yeah, sending it, but sending it into uh, the turn one runoff because he'd pressed his magic button. Um, yeah, what an unbelievable, unbelievable end to the race. And yeah, because it, was, it wasn't your, your normal crazy Baku and then no one would have predicted with five laps to go if you'd have said when Verstappen was leading, Perez was second and Hamilton third, pretty standard looking podium. If you'd have said, oh, the result's going to be Perez, uh, <laughs> Vettel, Gasly on the podium. I mean, crazy. And that was the start of where we first saw, I guess, a proper crazy random podium because half the grid have got a podium this year already, which is crazy crazy that is we don't normally get that obviously we had it last year where a lot of the the grid did um but for half the grid to have a podium finish already is seeing as hambot ver as well is like now the most common podium ever in formula one yeah it's been great yeah i think that's been been helped by bottas and Perez having a few (laughs) shocking moments i think that's paved the way for um but that was when it was kind of like I mean, you look at Prez's form around that race, like fourth in Monaco, drove a good race, like came back. Azerbaijan won, France was third. And you're like, right, this is completely justified. Prez, you know, winning, he's won a race already. Yes, it was slightly fortunate that Max uh, retired, but this is where he needs to be. He was already holding off Hamilton. And then he's kind of slumped a little bit recently. Um, but there's a, a long way to go. I can't believe it's not even half the season because someone someone mentioned that uh, obviously this makes sense when you think of it logically that it's less than half the season, but someone mentioned that technically... Mazepin Halfway through Spa can, will be. Ma- oh. Yeah, Mazepin can still win the title theoretically, which is mind-blowing. Oh, God. <laughs> we are nowhere near, like, <laughs> this season there's so much left if you think that's dramatic. If Mazepin wins the championship this year. I don't I think, think you're going to come yeah, back. I don't no. I think you're going to be okay, Katie. <laughs> I'm um, hoping so. <laughs> but you make a good point about the 10 podium sitters, actually, because you know, usually we have Hambot Ver because Bottas is very much, at least in the last few seasons, been not that far off Hamilton. But this season he's had a shocker. I know that he's had some bad luck as well, but he's not been where we expect him to be. And, you know, there's been mistakes and there's been falling back down the field. And that has opened that P3 slot up because usually it'd be opening up of the P4 slot when you had Albon and Gasly driving that red ball because the the top three were fine. But with Bottas also having a slump in form, it's allowed the podium to, you know, to open the doors to that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's good for the podium finishes in 11 races is crazy. Mm. That is mad. Especially when F1 
isn't that competitive this season because there's quite big performance gaps between, like you say, the Red Bulls mm. and the Mercedes. But there's been mistakes, and that's uh, what's been very interesting to watch. Uh, okay, next up, Team WTF1 member Izzy, by the way, says most surprising might be that Paul Ricard was interesting. Now, I know the French fans weren't particularly happy with our comments about Paul Ricard being boring in general, but um, it's not exactly given us the greatest of races since coming on the Formula One calendar. Um, what, what, whatever that reason is, maybe just because Formula One's uncompetitive and Paul Ricard's not had a great showing, maybe it didn't have the same treatment as Azerbaijan in a sense, because when you look back at that, the first race we had there was terrible and we thought this is a rubbish track. And then they had a few crazy races whether that's down to the layout or just purely because it was crazy races, um, Paul Ricard never hasn't really had that until this year. And now we're almost seeing it as a little bit of a different light and maybe Paul Ricard's not that bad. So yeah, uh, I hope that that made sense, but yeah, um, maybe we've... we just need someone other than Mercedes to <laughs> not win every race and be miles ahead of the whole field. You found the um, solution. Maybe it was that all along. <laughs> Who knows? But I mean, Paul Ricard was an unbelievable race. Again, you maybe get one, two moments in a season where you get the the title contenders actually going wheel to wheel on track and it being decided on the final few laps. And it's happened in Bahrain, Spain, France. It's just amazing. Like essentially Bahrain, Spain and France were identical races. Um, obviously, the result, sometimes it was Lewis ahead, sometimes it was Max ahead, but it was always that late strategy and someone coming at the end, is it going to work? And that is just, this is just what we've been dreaming of for so long, actually, a close title fight where someone can try something different and it's still really close and you're getting these battles to the line. Um, please, more of it. <laughs> I'm not, three's not enough for me. No, I'm always <laughs> getting greedy now. I'm getting very greedy. But no, France was definitely a race where strategy came into play big time. I mean, we've seen a couple of races recently where that's been the case, but it's not often that, yeah, like you say, strategy plus drivers actually overtaking for the lead and stuff happens in one race as one package. Um, and it was also the first time that we kind of heard Valtteri have a little wobble on team radio where he was not happy that um they didn't do a two-stop i think it was um yeah. and it, it was quite a sweary radio message and of course i understand that these drivers you know they're driving at extreme speeds and you're going to be angry if you don't make a podium and that kind of thing but it seemed to be that cracks are starting to show in his relationship with mercedes um because ultimately prez got past him and got that vital podium spot so it was interesting very interesting indeed mm. um moving on twtf1 member infinite underscore fear 14 uh, their favorite moment was the silverstone sprint race which i wonder sure. if the 14 in their name is an alonso reference <laughs> <laughs> make a very valid point because i think that was one of the only things that was uh very interesting was alonso just sending it and being so quick on I think he started on soft tires, didn't he? And he just wanted to try and make up as many positions as he could. And that was great. I liked, I think the sprint race itself wasn't 
obviously that great but I think generally the whole weekend and the way in which you know you had free choice of tires for the Sunday and things that were new elements uh were were really good I think the Silverstone sprint race was far from bad I still enjoyed it and maybe I enjoyed it a little bit more because I was there and we were all there weren't we but yeah I, I don't know I it's difficult to say whether it was the sprint race whether it was just the fact the whole format was different of course Friday was qualifying we had something to play for every single day of the weekend I think that's what probably set me as a ah oh, I'd like to see a few more of these rather than the sprint race alone yeah, I mean, we've said countless times on this podcast that in the sprint race, the guys at the front aren't really going to be fighting for, you know, doing silly moves. As we saw um, with Verstappen and Hamilton on the sprint race, because there could have been a chance to overtake and they decided to leave it and then... They saved it for the main race. <laughs> the following day, yeah. <laughs> we shall not talk about it just yet. Um, but yeah, I, I like the sprint in the fact that it shook things up. I'm somebody that really likes change just generally so I was quite interested to see how things worked out with qualifying on a Friday and um how you know fans around the world were able to tune in and if you know people's watching habits like if they enjoyed having it on on a Friday night or whatever um but yeah in terms of the actual content of racing apart from like Fernando Alonso and Kimi Raikkonen the grid didn't really jumble up too much um the one thing i did like about it is that the mistakes were costly um and i that seems to be a theme that i have going on through through this podcast talking about imla and now talking about this with perez you and, love costly mistakes i do i like it when they make a mistake and they pay for it <laughs> um but someone like perez he made a big mess during the race um and as a result dropped right down the order um and that kind of just affected his whole weekend so i'm interested to see how it will be in monza and i don't think they've confirmed the third race but i'm guessing it's probably going to be like a cota if unless we go to brazil which i don't think is going to happen this year not not nothing official just a gut feeling that we won't be in brazil so breaking oh, we'll news see. katie's gut says <laughs> not going to brazil <laughs> there we go front page yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was it was great to see formula one actually try something new and it was super exciting that you're there on the saturday a lot of people i know still don't like it and they've said it's boring but at the end of the day it's replacing a practice session and we were sat down there on on saturday and you had that that excitement of a race start again and even if it's not the greatest thing just by the time that the drivers started to calm down and maybe um settle and it might the race might get a bit stagnant because there's no pit stops and stuff is when it finished so i thought it was a really good sort of length of the race so um i'm really looking forward to seeing it again um and i guess another thing that it did was like Casey sort of alluded to, was it gave Hamilton a little chance to plan his move, which ultimately didn't work. Um, but yeah, planned his move for the we for the next that, race. And mm. yes, we all we all kind of knew it was coming at cops, but I don't think. I mean, the the shock of the fact that they, them two colliding in such a dramatic way. Uh, yeah just when the season couldn't get any more dramatic uh the two title rivals collided because it had been and and they are still they're quite civil 
um and a lot of people trying to make you know make it like they're you know they hate each other but actually even in hungary you know they're fist bumping after the race and showing each other respect and stuff um we don't want respect yeah but <laughs> but that that was i guess the race where it did get a little bit um bitter between them and I'm sure it's going to happen again at some point, but if it does, I really don't want it to happen at 190 miles an hour into a um, very fast corner because despite obviously like Max got pretty much straight out, but that could have been very nasty. Indeed, I agree. Uh, We want to see controversial things to spice up the action, but uh, not if it puts either of them in danger. So, uh, okay. Let's go to Goda2606M, who says Ocon win and the Alonso and Ocon moment. I'm assuming you mean when he was like hugging him and stuff. Uh, we, we've mentioned this before about Fernando Alonso, and I do love the fact that he he almost made that Ocon win about him, <laughs> which is uh, just, just yeah, it is you Fernando Alonso it. things. Um, completely agree with what you said, Tommy, when we did the Hungarian uh, podcast. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's almost as if Fernando won that race uh, in some ways. Um <laughs> But of course, many. it was. He won the hearts. <laughs> he won the hearts of many. <laughs> uh, he won the heart of Ocon, that's for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was again another massively chaotic race. We had Hamilton doing the restart on his own, which is still an image that is absolutely burned into my brain. <laughs> I can't get rid of it. It's just yeah. the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I think. And then George Russell coming out in P two. Of course, that had to then be changed. But the fact that he came out in P two, we were like, "What is going what? on?" Yeah. Um, of course, Bottas bowling, which we haven't even mentioned, that was because of the red flag and him just punting Lando into, well, I mean, managing to take out both the Red Bulls was uh, really impressive from Valtteri. Uh, but yeah, that, that whole race, again, obviously it's more recent, so it's more recent in our minds. We don't have to recap it too much, but probably one of my favourite races of the year, just purely because it was on a knife edge for the entirety of that race. You know, Tommy was saying in the group chat, it's Hamilton's, it's done. And I'm going, no, Tommy, his tyres might go off. It depends how quickly he gets past. And yeah, nah, it, depends it's finished, if, mate. It, it depends if Fernando Alonso becomes an absolute god. I believed, I believed. You believed, you knew it was uh, going to happen. Uh, well, you know, I did tweet saying I wouldn't pick anyone else than uh, Fernando Alonso to defend from Lewis Hamilton, and uh, that, he defended. I to- that I totally uh, agree with as well. Yeah, he it, anyone else, Hamilton wins that race million percent uh, because he would have breezed past uh, Vettel, uh, and well, he did breeze past Sainz, didn't he? So yeah, yeah, that whole race was just really awesome. I think it's probably one of my favourite moments. I, I we'll get to our picking our favourite moment, but Hungary certainly is up very much up there. Yeah, just when you thought the season. We've had eleven races. I, I, you mentioned about you know drive to survive again, like people making the highlights packages of the, the year. I mean, so many moments. Like you say, the Hamilton on the grid on his own is just that would be like one iconic moment from a season gone by. But actually, there's so much this season that you know you could you could have an you know like hundreds of images from this season to remember it by. Um, and yeah, Hungary is just crazy. You thought it was going to be your, your usual kind of maybe Hambotver to the to the finish, um, and just go to the summer break on a nice chill um, chill race. And Esteban Ocon ends up winning it in an Alpine. <laughs> like, what is this season? <laughs> it's absolutely insane. <laughs> 
If you had told me that Esteban Ocon would win a race before Lando Norris, especially seeing as how Esteban's, like his season started off okay and then took a massive And how Lando's season's gone. Exactly, and how Lando's season's gone, I would have been like, nah, I think I don't think that's going to be quite right. But he did it, it happened. It still doesn't seem quite real that it happened. Um, but I will take a new winner any day. Became the 111th new winner in Formula One um but yeah just crazy crazy race the aftermath of it was very wholesome in the well firstly Esteban having never won a race before he's had podium he had a podium um in Sakir last year but was just so taken aback by everything that he forgot to come into the pits and park his car <laughs> in Park Verbe in front of his board he thought it was then, qualifying I think didn't he where you, you stop on the yeah, on the grid maybe yeah. he was just completely missed his turn even though he was and told then, as well he was told wasn't he he was just obviously just in his own little world thinking oh my god I just want to race um but yeah had to like park his car and then peg it back all down the pit lane everybody sort of came out of their garages to applaud him which is very sweet and then yeah like the embrace between Ocon and Fernando it was like they were long lost lovers or something it was ridiculous <laughs> um so that was very sweet uh and yeah obviously Sebastian getting P2 which as we know now has been taken away um but it was just sorry an awesome and awesome yeah it's all your fault Dobby it was just an awesome race and like you say Nobody could have predicted that. We had Hamilton and Bottas a one-two in quali, Max in third. And I think, you know, I thought Lewis will probably win this because he is brilliant at Hungary. Like he's got something ridiculous, like eight wins there now or something along those lines. Um, and I thought, yep, yeah, Hamilton will go into the summer break having that edge because, of course, both drivers probably wanted to win that race so they could have that on their minds that they'd won the last race and you know f1 is much as about being mentally fit as it is physically fit um and then Esteban Ocon was like haha no uh I'm gonna win this race thank you very much and I'm gonna ride that wave all the way until we get to spa but oh I just love this sport you know <laughs> yeah uh, I definitely agree um and you know just to showcase how mediocre Ocon's season was you know the first 10 rounds he scored 14 points and then he scored 25 in round 11 which is crazy and I'm about to sneeze so I might have to put this on mute no I'm okay um good right so that's that one covered off uh finally team WTF1 members Megan underscore F1 A. Hindley and Freebo all said George Russell getting emotional after scoring his first Williams points that was a very tearful and amazing moment to see you don't see a huge amount of emotion from f1 drivers uh but seeing that was really you know it was you could see the weight being lifted off george russell's shoulders of course you know he's probably put so much pressure on himself after some mistakes not getting his first points becoming this guy that always misses out uh to finally get it even if his teammate literally scores more points than him, which is quite possibly the strange. <laughs> we did not expect that at the, all. The strangest, yet the most George Russell at Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so true, isn't it? But now Nicholas Latifi has a better F1 finish than George Russell overall, even if George has driven a Mercedes as well. So it's just, <laughs> just, wow, you yeah. You can't believe it, can you? Uh, but yeah, it was, yes, definitely probably the most heartwarming moment of the season. It was. I think everybody deep down 
wanted George Russell to get points for Williams, even if you're not necessarily a George, uh, George Russell fan or a Williams fan. It's just a lovely story. And um, yeah, him getting emotional in the media pen was just, I know we've used the word wholesome, but there have been so many wholesome moments this season. Um, and especially as he came so close, obviously you touched upon him with Mercedes last year and how that weekend in Sakir just unraveled for him. And that was like heartbreaking to watch. But then like this season in for the Styrian Grand Prix and him having, you know, getting through to Q3, I think was for Styria. Um, did you get through to Q3 in Styria? Maybe. Mm, yes. No. I, uh, no. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. No, was it Austria? Yeah, it must have been Austria because he qualified 11th for Styria. Just but say yeah, Red Bull like, Ring. Just say Red Bull the Ring. Red Bull it Ring. Off, we'll right? Cut that bit out. Yeah. So the Red yeah, Bull it Ring. It was I Austria, yeah, because he got through on the mediums. Because yeah. yeah, they did it again at Silverstone, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah, to have the issue with the car it, when he was running in the points, it just all seemed to be like, this is never going to happen. George Russell is never going to get points for Williams. And that's just the universe's decision. Um, so for it to finally happen, as the phrase goes, everyone liked that. And to think that the only reason George Russell scored points is because of the man he's trying to take the seat <laughs> off of, Valtteri Bottas, doing bowling at Turn 1. So A conspiracy theorist dream again. It just links, it links up all again, doesn't it? It's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. Okay, now it's time for us to all pick one favourite moment of the season. Now, I'm torn between two, which is, to be fair, I think the Hungarian Grand Prix as a whole was amazing. Um, the other one is Charles Leclerc, Leclerc getting pole. <laughs> uh, is is yeah, is the pole positions that Leclerc got. Maybe not at Monaco. That didn't have as good of a feeling because of the crash. But I think him getting pole at Baku, and also the first forty nine laps the of the one. British Grand Prix. <laughs> uh, maybe that one as well. Actually, my favourite moment was the uh, was up until lap fifty at the British Grand Prix. Uh, that was also uh, an amazing moment. So I'm not going to pick one because this season's been ridiculous. So I'm just going to throw those three out there and see what happens. Next up, uh, mine is. I think I mentioned it in the. I mentioned it in the last podcast, but it's got to be Alonso versus Hamilton for me, um, just because. Obviously, there's so much I love about F1. There's the the drama of it and the the characters and everything. But ultimately, for me, it's the wheel to wheel racing is why I watch it. And in an era with DRS. Um, I feel like it's quite rare you get a battle that maybe lasts for three corners now, never mind three, four, five, six laps. I think it was um, like eight or nine in the end, I think. Have, yeah, yeah, back. I think it was. Um, but yeah, norm normally a battle, you know, you might see an amazing overtake, but that's it. No one ever gets back because they're gone. They've got better tyres. The DRS is gone. So for that battle to last that long, it made it even more special that it was between two of the greatest ever in my opinion and many people's opinions i'm sure um yeah just not just favorite moment of this year favorite moment in a long time maybe in f1 so yeah loved it yeah mine kind of encapsulated that in my hungarian grand prix <laughs> yeah moment so uh, if i had to pick a race hungary as well the yeah. moment if yeah if it's a specific it's a moment i agree hungary uh, with moment and yeah moment hamilton i just remember literally just I could feel my whole body just going mad, like just seeing that Alonso Hamilton, you know, kind of standing up, be like, oh my God, that's literally screaming. It's, uh, yeah, because that's what I you think know. it made it because you knew it was potentially like this was 
not not only was it incredible because of what he was doing it was also the fact that you knew this was potentially letting Ocon win the race as well yeah again you know you mentioned what I I was like and I'm sure a lot of people were the same that Lewis Hamilton's won this easy he's got way better tires he's in a much faster car he's breezed past everyone and I think that made it even more special that you kind of were like oh I'm sure Lewis fans went but everyone like all the neutrals were probably like oh like Hamilton's got this now he's gonna come through and win and it's gonna be a bit disappointing because Ocon could win this race and it'd be insane and then for that to happen and it lasts for so long just amazing yeah I think my point well one of my highlights like Matt I have a few but um was the racing that we saw between Hamilton and Verstappen at the start of the British Grand Prix up until that moment but um some of that was just absolutely breathtaking and it's just an absolute joy to see two of f1's greats going wheel to wheel up until it went you know a bit pete tong <laughs> um but the uh we've seen plenty of like really good racing between hamilton and verstappen this year which has been brilliant uh, but my favorite moment has to be those final two laps in baku which is ironic because I didn't want it to happen and it's ended up being my favorite moment of the season um literally since it was announced that we were going to have this two lap sprint race I could not sit down I was pacing around I was right in front of my telly just like yeah so submerged in what was going on and then for the mistake for Hamilton to make and then Perez to take the win and Vettel be close and the battle we had between Gasly and the clerk and they kept switching positions and Alonso fighting his way up and there was just so much happening in such a small amount of time that I was literally like jumping up and down in my flat like with such excitement and for me that's everything you should have being a Formula One fan is being so immersed in the championship and the racing and oh I just had adrenaline for like days after that look see you're, you're, you're revisiting it now Katie I'm surprised oh, yeah. you started yeah. walking yeah. around yeah. <laughs> yeah. like a kid there at Christmas that's uh that's our favorite moment slash moments um now it's time for pressing <laughs> oh, the button A B C D F one got notes right we'll try and keep this uh short and sweet uh, this ABCDEF1. We uh, got you guys to basically vote uh, using WTF1.com uh, for your mid season ABCDEF1 grades. Let's start with Lewis Hamilton. I'm going to go with an A. Yeah, A for me. He's made a few mistakes. He's been, he's had moments of brilliance and then also moments that weren't very Lewis Hamilton as well. So he's not A star for me. Yeah, I think. Considering the amount of mistakes he's had, it would be a lower grade, which seems mad, but it's the way that he's recovered from those mistakes that is why he is a seven-time world champion um, and why I'm going to stick with my A grade. But yeah, it's been an odd year because he has made so many uncharacteristic mistakes and had some struggles that we've not seen from him in a very long time, if ever. So I'm interested to see how the second half of the season goes. And the fans gave him an A as well. So A's all around. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, I think probably a C because you have to take into account some bad luck as well. But I think C kind of matches up with what 
his performance has been like. He hasn't won a race this season, has he? He has not. And, and he's, what, fifth in the title? Fourth in the title? Yeah, he is fourth in the title and 108 points, which yeah. is 87 off Lewis. He's scraping a C for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a C, but it's a low C, I think. And a C from the fans as well. So we're all in agreement so far. Max Verstappen, <laughs> A star. You have Easy. to think that, you know, people might go, well, he's not leading the championship. Well, you take into account why he's not leading the championship. He'd probably be 50 points be clear 50 of Lewis. Clear, yes. um, which is cra- crazy. And an A star from the fans as well. Sergio Perez. <sighs> this one's difficult. Because I feel like I think he's been better than Bottas. But has he been a lot better than Bottas? But then he's come into a car that no one has been able to drive before him. I think new team, we have... Oh, well, from my perspective, I'm giving him a B uh, because he has had some good performances and the expectation of him in a Red Bull compared to Bottas in a Mercedes that he's been in in for years, Mm. I think Perez gets a B. Yeah, I'm in agreement there scraping a B as well. And the fans gave him a B. Lovely. We're all in agreement so far. (laughs) This is incredible. Lando Norris, A-star, moving on. Mm -hmm. Easy. Easy peasy. And the fans gave him an A star. Wow. Look at this. We are going crazy. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Mm. It's the easiest C I think I've ever given in my life. Not not the grade lower that I've said before, which has caused yeah. all kinds of um, innuendos. But yeah, um, I think C I was going to say I was going to say D, but I've actually looked at his results and results wise doesn't look as bad as I kind of feel like it has been. I don't think he's driven worse than Bottas and yeah, he's fair. in a new that's team fair. as well. Yeah, so yeah, new team. I think yeah. C's fair. Yeah, I think yep. C. And the fans gave him a C as well. Unbelievable scenes. Uh, Charles Leclerc, uh, he is seventh in the standings, three points behind Carlos Sainz currently. Uh, but I think... Oh, F. Uh, <laughs> he's Cancelled. had two, two pole positions, but crashed out of Monaco and... But he has been very impressive. Of course, nearly won at Silverstone. I think it's going to have to be an A. Yeah, I've got an A as well. Katie's going to say a B. I'm going to say a B. Oh, we're in disagreement. Yeah. Do you want me to go on to I, or do you want me to? Yeah. Just... Go for uh, it. Well, if you value bit. your if you value your life, we'll keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> I think yes, he's had a good car this year. But if you look at how Carlos Science is getting on against Leclerc, who they all praise to be, Ferrari's golden boy. Yes, Science has made mistakes, but not as many as Leclerc. Science is leading in the Drivers' Championship, and although, obviously, it wasn't intentional, Leclerc's crash at Monaco cost him a potential win. Um, So I'm giving him a B. Okay, I respect your opinion. Moving on. (laughs) That's that's something. I'll take that. Um, The fans gave Leclerc an A. So moving on to Carlos Sainz, I think that's an easy A. I yeah, definitely. A, a very yeah. good, very good performance from from Sainz. Very good. It's almost just... it's almost reaching towards A star, but maybe hasn't quite had those standout performances that say yeah. Lando's had. And he had a couple of tough races where, yeah, yeah, I think an A. I'll Strong A for Carlos. <laughs> uh, we don't give out high A's here, uh, but an A was from the fans as well. Uh, Sebastian Vettel. He's had some great, some terrible. So let's give him a B. Yeah. 
it's good. I thought this been great I, yeah. and fans have been bad though. But yeah. See. This has been easier than I thought it would be to grade, to be honest. I know. <laughs> I thought it was going to be really difficult, but um yeah, so far. Yeah, happy with that. And yeah. uh you you saying a B as well, Katie? Yeah. So yes. and uh, the fans gave Vettel a B as well. So wow, we've been in agreement, me and you, Tommy, at least for the, all the fans. Katie just just one off. Um Lance Stroll. <laughs> C, C, yeah, fairly average, really. Nothing exceptional. He's not done anything exceptional this year, as far as far as I can remember. Because normally, when when it's the crazy races, they're the ones that Lance Stroll just randomly is in P three at, mm. and you're like, "What? Okay, cool." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's very true, actually. But he's not. He's been quite anonymous this year, in my opinion. Yeah, he's not had not had. Uh... I had to look at his results to remember. Yeah, I'm literally done, looking it up now. He's had a tenth and eighth and eighth, a tenth, eighth and an eighth. So he's not finished any higher than eighth this year, which is. I think he could have had a good result had he not had the tie blowout in Baku. I know he was running. I think sort of P. Oh yeah, P9 that's a good then, point. Yeah, but, but still, like, he, yeah. I think he was still r- relatively behind Vettel. So I don't they think they were it would both have been... going for a weird strategy. Yeah, they, they were so... going very long into the race, but. Um, yeah, maybe he could have, you know, salvaged a sixth or a seventh, but still nothing, nothing of interest. Uh, so yeah, C for Stroll and C from the fans as well. Uh, Pierre Gasly, A. I think he's been a? unlucky. A. He's been literally unlucky. hardly made any mistakes apart from the first race in Bahrain where he lost his front wing. But apart from that, his qualifying has been sublime. Mm. Uh, like Tommy says, every time we do WT, uh, WTF one, A B C D E F one, it's so difficult to grade because he's against. A rookie, a rookie yeah. who, yeah, isn't consistent at all. Yeah. <laughs> so it's quite difficult. And he's um, been yeah, like top six, great. hasn't he? Every, yeah. I think, is it like eight out of 11? He's been top six in quality in a car that's like not top six. Worthy. Well, we don't know that again, because we've just said we can't compare it with mm. uh, teammates. But then again, he has been Fiat previously and you'd say that he's probably an experienced driver that we can compare against but i think yeah gasly's still still been great so uh, a yep yep yeah and a from the fans as well uh yuki sonoda i'm sure we'll probably disagree with this one because tommy's a big old hey, fanboy um <laughs> i wow i think i almost want to give him oh god no let me think about how i'm gonna word this yeah i would like to grade that, grade him a d so i think he's been I think he's been poor. I think he's been poor, but he is a rookie against a very good driver. Like he's been as good against Gasly as much as someone like Ricardo has been good against Lando. And Ricardo's had 10 years in F1. Yeah, but Ricardo's not binning it into a wall every qualifying. But he's also I know not... yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just taking into account being rookie and getting used to the car yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But the amount of times that he's, you know, pushed. Oh, too I'm not hard. saying it's anything higher than a C. Uh, oh, I know, I know you are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you look at his results, I'd say a C. But the amount of times he's been that car and cost Alpha Tauri potential development into the future as well. It's there's been a rookie, there's been off the pace, but you can't be off the pace and crashing. And I think that's a combination that. Uh, warrants a D in my opinion so uh, I'm going to lock that in no more explanation from me you two can uh, decide amongst yourselves I'm going to see I know he is I mean it's fine (laughs) (laughs) Katie I've written 
C slash D, but I'm going to go for a D. Okay, well, Tommy's now never coming back on the podcast again. Uh, the fans gave him a C. There you go. Uh, Fernando Alonso. I mean, to be fair, I'm going to give him an A, but I don't think it was, was an A uh, until probably a few races ago. Uh, so he's kind of turned it around, shown he's got the race craft. I still don't think he's got the pace that he used to. Obviously, he's an older man these days, but he still very much knows how to, to race. And I think he's been relatively impressive. I think he's been very impressive since Azerbaijan. If I look at his results from since Azerbaijan, especially when Ocon's dropped off other than that win yeah i think it's an a an a for me and i think i'm oh well i'm very excited to see what alonso can do for the last half of the season and next year no mm, yeah i think it's going to be an a i think we're skeptical at the start as we all know but he has <laughs> turned it around well done fernando <laughs> yeah, he's had six points finishes in a row uh so that's uh Pretty good, considering the Alpine looked very much off the pace at the, uh, the start of the year. Um, so, yeah, A for Alonso, and he gets an A from the fans. Ocon, now he's a race winner, and yet I'm only going to give him a B. Yeah. This is really difficult. It's a low B for me. I'd almost, I'd almost be inclined for a C, even though he won a race, but that tips it over to a B. Okay. Wow. Careful. Okay. If you went into the C category, I think things would start, you know. I swear Ocon is going to send you hate mail. <laughs> there would be there would be some spears outside your house. Okay, so he, uh, Katie, are you a B as well? I um I think I'm gonna have to be a B, despite the fact, like if you took out the fact that he'd won in Hungary, because a lot of that was be because half of the yeah. field was wiped out. But yes, he went through a rough patch from Azerbaijan to Austria but before that he was you know just as promising as Fernando Alonso was in these last few races they've sort of like done the switcheroo um so yeah I think they made the changes to the car and you know he did pretty well in Silverstone and obviously in Hungary so maybe he just was going through a tough time <laughs> But yeah, I think maybe maybe a B. <laughs> maybe he had this going on. We don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who knows anything? Not me. Yeah, so B for Ocon and B from the fans as well. Right, should we collectively put Raikkonen and Giovinazzi in with a C? Because we've seen yeah. about three laps of racing the entirety. And of... they've just been bang average, both of them. Yeah, All very year. average. Um, and definitely going to be Raikkonen's last year, I think. Okay, George Russell. Yeah, A. He's out driving that car and done it consistently. So, A. Uh, a, yeah. Yeah, happy yeah, with that? Yeah, yeah. And Nicholas Latifi. Now, this man was probably also going to be collectively put into the Reichen and Giovinazzi group until he just randomly finished P... Well, what would it be in the seven, end? Seven. seven. P7. So... Going to let one result swing you again. Oh, all right. I, I, felt, I felt that. I felt that tone. I felt yeah, that no, tone. I from thinking, you. Is that a threat? It's it's weird because Hungary is one of those races where it was uh, yeah. so random. No, almost, he still gets a C for that. Yeah, he still gets a C because he's been poor the entire year. He's not got into Q two once when George Russell's got into Q. Has he got into mm. Q two once before I 
say that and everyone cancels. Yeah, me. he had been in Paul Ricard. <laughs> I was at Paul Ricard. I think because that's when Mick Schumacher crashed. And then but the fact that Russell got in pretty think... much every single race apart from one and then also Q3 twice. Yeah, I think it's still a C because as you yeah. say, it. Uh, I mean, Latifi was miles ahead at Hungary as well uh, of George Russell and finished about a second ahead of him. So. Yeah, I've gone for a C as well for Latifi. If he'd won the race, I'm giving him a B, but he didn't. So, <laughs> like Ocon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think C for Latifi. Is that agreed? Okay, Latifi got a B from the fans. So the fans now hate us. Um, the key to Mazepin. <laughs> what did the fans give? I wonder. <laughs> Not, I won't spoil that, obviously, incredibly uh, unexpected result. Um, he's dialed it in somewhat after his very hectic first half of the season, well, first half, half of the season, if you see what I mean, like the first sort of five, six races. The car is an absolute dog. <laughs> like, horrific. Like, watching it go around at Silverstone, we genuinely thought it was an F2 car. Yeah, it was <laughs> so generous. bad, wasn't it? <laughs> I think if I'm giving Sonoda a D, I'm also giving Mazepin a D. Wow. Um... What? I think Sonoda gets a high D. Mazepin gets a low D. We don't do high Ds. I'm just I'm just explaining because <laughs> Tommy's very uh, very mm. sad. Um, Sonoda's yeah. in a much better car as well. Can we can we also you know, yeah 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 there? yeah? It's not a donkey. No, I know. Uh, I'm giving him <laughs> I'm giving him an a high E. <laughs> <laughs> just because mm, just because of how far off Mick Schumacher he was, and he's also crashed a lot. And so is Mick Schumacher, which we're going to next. But um, yeah. E. I am giving both Haas drivers a oh, wow. D. The same grade. The same grade. Which I know it's going to be controversial. controversial. I know it's going to be controversial. But yes, Schumacher is quicker in that Haas than Mazepin. That's evident. However... Schumacher has made several mistakes this year that have cost the team a fortune. Mazepin doing his little spin. Yes, it's probably going to damage the floor and that kind of stuff, but it's not writing off your car for qualifying. I know you go, oh, Schumacher's hardly going to qualify and get into Q3 and all this kind of stuff, but you still can't be smashing your car up like he did in Monaco and did in Hungary and had a crash in, was it France? that prevented him from when he got into Q2. Yeah, it was, was France, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I just think that, yeah, that's my grade. Goodbye. <laughs> that's my grade. Fair goodbye. enough. I can't it's... give, I can't get, I personally was, yeah, kind of similar. I feel like, she, I know he's in a dog of a car, but Schumacher and Sonoda, like, quite similar in, in terms of every rookie this year has binned it a lot, which is why I'd give, Schumacher the same grade I would Sonoda but then the reason I'm giving Mazepin an E yes he's picked up his pace in the last two races but that's two races out. Like I've got to grade the start of the season as 11 races not I love not this. the last I, two I love how serious Tommy's just and, got on, uh, on this Mazepin yeah. grade he's, he's like sat, he's sat back, 20 he's like, right. yeah. yeah he's like He's like listen like, listen here guys All right, he's been I've like a minute behind he's been a minute behind his teammate on what, like four, five, six, seven races this year, 
yes, I think by the end of the season, if he, he carries on the way he's doing now, that will be upgraded to a D or a C. Well, he gave him a high E, so you know, he's not yeah. far off the, it's not the far low off, D that I'm but... giving, but we're not doing highs and lows. <laughs> exactly. When you're that far off and you've crashed a lot. So yeah, well, I'm giving Mazepin a D and Schumacher a C. Oh, same. And Schumacher crashed in Imola, I just remembered. Yeah, Schumacher's right crashed a lot as well. And I've just said the Sonoda crashes and I'm giving Yeah, Sonoda that's, why I was, that's why I was that's very problem. curious. But about I feel this. like I'm giving, more, I'm giving more forgiveness because it's a Haas they're crashing in rather than an Alpha Tauri. <laughs> the Haas is a lot slower. It's a lot harder to crash. <laughs> oh, have you driven it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get a little expert. <laughs> okay, there you go. So um, I'm sure we've caused all kinds of uproar. That's the what most the, we've ever spoken. So for the uh, Mazepin? Well, I gave Mazepin a D and she e for a me. C. E, D. Okay. And then C yeah. and you did a D. <laughs> what what did you do, Tommy? A C. Same a C. as you did. C C D. Okay, cool. Right. There you go. So that's the most we've ever spoken about the hash drivers ever, by the way. So there you go. So the, the fans gave Mazepin an F. Shock. Really? <laughs> and no. the, the fans gave Mick Schumacher a C. So there you go. Right, that's it. <laughs> let's go. That's, that's that was that was wearing. Uh, We're doing a Haas special podcast next week, um... <laughs> just to talk about their grades for the uh, first half of the season. Uh, Tommy, final thoughts. Uh, I, I always love the delay. I love the two seconds of oh, for God's sake, I forgot yeah, about this part of the show. I every do time. forget. And normally you go to Katie first, and that gives me a little oh, bit of time. Yeah, well, throwing you, it you're... throwing it around, you know. Uh, Aid Matt off. Bring okay. back F1 because I can't wait for the rest of the season. If it's half as good as the start, it's going to be a banger. Thank but you, I Tommy. Hope it's not half as good. I hope it's better. <laughs> if it's better, then we are we are very it's, the, it's very lucky. Good, yeah, uh, Katie. Uh, if this season continues with the momentum and the craziness that we've seen so far, this could be the best season of F1 ever. Baragar said it. Wow, boom, mic drop, boom. goodbye. Uh, and my final thought is Lando Norris win, second half of the season. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And Alonso's going to win. Yeah, and Mick Schumacher's going to win. And Yuki Sonoda's going to win. And I'm going to upgrade, upgrade him to a higher, higher D. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even the C. Anyway, there you go. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening to this WTF1 podcast. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to discuss the first half of the season with both of you wonderful people, Tommy and Katie. Uh, if you want to get involved with the conversation, hashtag WTF1 podcast. If you want to be involved with Team WTF1 as well, please do check out the links in the description. We've got lots of exciting things coming up as well. Uh, and of course, you can get a little sort of fast track route into some questions into this podcast as well, which is always nice, as well as live podcasts and so much more. Thank you so much to everybody. Uh, for this wonderful little podcast. We'll be back next week for something. Whatever that will be, who knows? See you then. Bye! Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.